and welcome to the Christmas episode of By the Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison Wood. I'm Cal Noble. Hello, how you doing, Cal Hello. Noble? Hello, Merry Christmas, Mike. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's not it's not quite Christmas yet, and it won't be quite Christmas when the episode goes out. But it's oh, it's close. Yeah, we're only a couple of days off Christmas. Yeah, aren't we? it's not Ooh. far. Are you ready? Uh, as ready as I ever am for Is, Christmas. Have you, have you done your shopping? Your wrapping? Some of it. Good. Are you going to do some of it after Christmas when uh, things are a bit cheaper? Yeah, we'll see. Have you got all your beer in? Uh, oh yeah. No, lots of, <laughs> oh, yeah. lots, of lots of my own beer. Oh, that's uh, good. Built up because uh, I've still got some of that delicious white chocolate white stout and it is delicious yes it's it's definitely come out more as a white chocolate ice cream pale yeah. which is fine i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. more than happy with that uh and i will drink lots of it but today we are brewing another christmasy beer yeah uh designed obviously it's not going to be ready in time no not for, quite uh, in the two days time that this episode will go out yeah before <laughs> christmas in uh, but it is actually designed for Christmas 2019. Oh, yeah! I'm doing a little bit of an aging, yeah, project. So, uh, what what is it we are making today? Right. Well, I'm doing something weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a normal style. And not for the first time. No, uh, I've not seen, to my knowledge, anything uh, approaching this. No, nope. it is a combination of the new. An increasingly popular Brute IPA yeah. style, which is, we'll get into the nitty gritty later, but it's just basically super dry champagne beer, yeah. essentially. Uh, and then I'm mixing that with a sort of, uh, not malty sweet, but uh, sweet fruity orange flavor yeah, to make what I am going to be calling the Brux Fizz. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, so, you, so you're going for that classic Christmas morning uh, champagne and fresh orange juice mixed together. Yes. Um, but in a beer format. Basically, yeah. yes. I like uh, it. To, to carry on with that trend, I'm also aging in bottles. Yeah. I've managed to pick up some uh, more heavy-duty uh, bottles for higher carbonation. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which I will be doing. I'll be priming it quite a lot. Okay. Because uh, I want that sort of super high champagne yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you've got some issues with that. Uh, so I've got options of corking and caging. Yeah. Which is what you'll see in a lot of Belgian beers do because uh, they've got to contain all that pressure. And, and it also gives it that, I don't know, the moment of grandeur, you know, yeah. where Especially if you get the right carbonation for it, because if you can, ooh, that cork can launch. It's going to fly, yeah. It's been a beer uh, everywhere. It'd be amazing. And then the other option is uh, uh, just basically cap and wax. Oh, okay. Which uh, you'll see in more more of like a barley wine thing, Yeah. Uh, where you'll cap it, yes, uh, but then you'll make some sort of homemade wax and dip the lid in that, and then as it dries, it seals it, yep. uh, storing a lot higher pressure. So. Okay, so are you, do you know, have you done any research on what sort of pressures, like, you know, these things can take? Can a cork and cage take more than a cap and wax? Uh, I've not yet, Okay, but we're a few days off bottling because yeah. uh, it's the brew day today. It's so, the brew day today. Uh, and, and this is going to be a long fermentation. Yep. Um, but it'll uh, be long. It'll be long and quick, I'd have thought. Like, so, like, you, yes. you, you're going to be doing it for, you're going to be, 
fermenting in uh, the bottles as well. So kind of, you know, your yeah. Yeah, yeah. secondary fermentation for the carbonation, but you're doing that over a long period of time. But that's more for the flavoring, not for the carbonation level to get up there because that carbonation level will get up within two weeks yeah. to its maximum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so you'll know after right two. You'll know after two weeks whether or not you're going to get any bottle bombs. Yes, true. <laughs> but you know, in six months' time, you shouldn't be getting any exploding bottles unless we get a really hot summer. No, no, and uh, then th- you might. I mean, I'm, I am going to be somewhat sensible. I'm, I'm only going to go within a certain percentage extra of what I normally do. Yeah, it's, it's not like I'm just going to free pour and just, <laughs> just hope for the best. Bag of sugar in a bottle, and away you. Yeah, go. yeah. So yeah, I I need to find a safe place to keep them so that if they do yep. explode, then they're not going to hurt anything. Uh, uh, are you storing them? Are you storing them cold? Are you putting them um, like in your uh, fridge? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. It's it's an unseasonably warm winter at the moment. Oh, you say that? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, Has been unseasonably warm for about four years now. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Mm-hmm. the the global warming yeah just that but uh so i'm i'm happy with keeping them in the garage for a, a few weeks yeah. uh, it, if it does get below freezing then i'll, I'll bring them indoors um not necessarily because they're going to freeze because they're going to have such high alcohol at that point that that's not going to happen yeah but uh you you do want the bottle conditioning to happen and you want that sort of yeah yeah, the 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 aging process. You don't to need to go through a lagering process. No, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I should get into the nitty gritty of the ingredients and processes. Not, not a bad idea. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with this brew, uh, and lots of weird decisions made because of those weird ingredients. But uh, I'll get into that. So first up, the malt we have in front of us is a pilsner malt. Yeah, that makes up a huge percentage of the malt base. Uh, um, I don't want this to be a multi beer with hints of orange. I want it to be as clean and crisp and as effervescent as possible with orange. That's um, really I, I like Pilsner malt. Pilsner malt's lovely. It's clean. It's clean. clean. Not super sweet. Nice and no. clean. It's no marisotto, but you know. No. All of that sweetness will disappear yeah. entirely. Because oh, uh, before I go on, there is an extra ingredient. Oh, Extra ingredient. Yeah. Right. Are you, are you gonna are you gonna say it? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go into the uh, detail about uh, brute IPAs first. Go on then. Right. So, brute IPAs coming from the San Francisco region of the West Coast of the US, uh, formed as almost the antithesis to New England IPAs. Yeah. Uh, we we mentioned them in multiple episodes past as sort of like oh there's this new style coming out. Um, and it has seemed to have caught on. Um, it's characteristically incredibly dry. Yeah. Uh, incredibly hoppy, but not that juicy, uh, sort of big, thick, luscious, uh, sweet hop flavor that you see in the New England IPAs. They've gone right out the other end. It's all about that crisp, refreshing, champagne-y yeah. hoppiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, which... Because of that intensity of hop, uh, benefits from being drunk fresh. Yep. So this being more like a brute pale rather than a brute IPA, I'm not heavily hopping it. Yep. So therefore, you don't need to worry about drinking it immediately. I don't need to worry about it being fresh. Yep. Um, I because I'm using orange, that will 
dissipate less frequent, uh, less quickly than yeah. the hops. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am still hopping. I'm hopping with a bit of Vic, uh, Vic Secret. Okay. Uh, that that sort of stone fruity edge to like, sort like of early or late. Um, Is it, are you using that mainly for bittering or almost none uh, at all? But like a touch on bittering and right. a touch uh, for aroma. Yeah. Um, well, I am planning on cracking a couple of these sort of at the six month mark maybe at the three month yeah. mark as well just i imagine we'll also try one about two weeks after you've bought yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just to see how it's going because you will <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah uh so yeah that that's the 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 brute pale but another part of the process is the addition of an extra special thing how extra special is it uh it's so special i've had to practice pronouncing it whoa that is special yeah Go on, it then. is Amyloglucosidase. Can I say that a bit quicker? Amyloglucosidase. Yes, mate. Well yes. done. It is an enzyme yep. that uh, takes longer chain fermentable, uh, unfermentable sugars yep. and chops them up into little bits so that they then become fermentable. Okay, so that's going to increase, um, you know, gravity. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. So it's going to make it stronger. Um yeah, it's, it's going to massively lower the final gravity. Yes, in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you know kind of what you're expecting? Well, um, hopefully the OG on this one's going to be about the sort of 1070 mark. Right. Which would make, you know, a reasonably strong beer. Yeah, um, especially if it takes it down to like... Yeah, yeah I've seen people's... <laughs> some people's brew IPAs have gone down to as far as 1002. Right, okay. So not quite... Not quite lambic beer no. levels, uh, no. where you've got uh, a whole culture of stuff that can munch on literally everything. Yeah, and do uh, that like point nine. <laughs> yeah, the uh, am- amyloglucosidase uh, is very good at breaking down a lot of things. It doesn't do everything, uh, so it yeah, super strong. It's going to be a lot stronger than the ten o ten seven o. Yes, yeah, would yeah. suggest that it would be lovely. Uh, which hopefully will also emphasize that more champagne-y. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it'll make it super dry. Yeah. Like, like, and if you go for a higher carbonation as well, the um, the hop aroma will come through real nice, and also the orange aroma will come yeah. through real good, just because as soon as you've got a high carbonation, it allows all of the aromas and all those little flavors just to, just to pop a little bit better. Mm. Yeah, lovely. So yeah, uh, what else is in the grain building? Oh so yes, we know we've got we know we've got pilsner. We've got pilsner. We got just a tiny little bit of uh, malted wheat. Uh, is this this fella Th- here? This is this fella here, uh, and that is for head retention, or precisely that. Yeah, yeah. Um, with something, uh, I, I know that uh, champagne has basically zero head retention. Yeah, um, like you do see those fizzly bubbles, but they're gone within thirty seconds. Um, whereas I think if this is going to have that sort of slightly yellowish hue yeah. of a beer, um, although considering the strength, it's going to be a, a slightly, um, uh, well, maybe, maybe mid yellow rather than like super pale yellow. Yes. Um, so why malted wheat instead of flaked wheat? Was there any reason or was that just what you got? Um, I uh, yeah, just had some kicking around. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like, it was still like, right, you're using some wheat, but you just happen to have yeah, yeah, wheat yeah. kicking about. Okay. Yeah. And uh, doing the research for this, I've also noticed the, a bit of a trend for people using uh, malted 
wheat rather than flaked wheat just okay. for brute IPAs. Uh, oh. Very little explanation as to why. Yeah, because you're, uh, you're definitely going to get more flavour from a malted yeah. wheat than you would from flaked. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I was tempted to put a little bit of Vienna in as well, just to sort of give it just a little bit, but I, I which and also would complement the orange a lot but would bring it into the more beer territory. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. And you want to try and tread that fine line between yeah, a champagne, Bucks Fizz and yeah. a beer. So, uh, yeah, and then also uh, to try and bring the pH down Yeah, because uh, I had trouble getting hold of some lactic acid. I've also gone for some acid malt. Okay. Which I've never used before. No, nor have I. Um, uh, this is it here, isn't it? Yes. Uh, now, normally, I don't care too much about ph uh of the mash i know uh it is very important on a sort of chemical level what's going on um but my experiences have just been that you can pay attention to it but if you don't it's fine like it you you're making pretty much exactly the same beer uh that's just off by a little bit and the yeast will tend it towards where it wants to be anyway. So yeah. it, it, it sort of doesn't really make a big difference. However, with the introduction of this, uh, amyloglucosidase, with the addition of that, that does have slightly stricter pH bounds. Yeah. And the processes involved, in that, I wanted to be a bit more precise, so yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I am lowering the incredibly hard Thames water down with this acid malt. Okay. Well, what do you think of the flavour? It's different. Yeah, I give it that. Like, I've, I've never used it before, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely unique. I can see how. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? How do you feel about it? Oh wow! Yeah, that is that sourness there. That is really sour. Oh my god, that tastes like the funkiest of funky sourdough bread. Yeah, like, that's that's pretty full on. Whew, that is sourdough bread that has been on the side for like five days. That is <laughs> that is real sour. Yeah, it's um, interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I think acidulated malt uh, is a malt that just is allowed to go off a little bit at a certain stage. Yeah. In the malting process. Uh, so it allows the lactobacillus to impart the malt itself with the lactic acid. Yeah. So it's not... And then they cook it. Yeah. So it's technically okay in the Reinheitsgebot, the the, the mm. German purity laws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, weird. I like it. That's a weird experience. I know several people that would like to sit and munch that. Yeah, can you imagine making a bread out of that? Like, turn that into flour <laughs> and then make a bread out of it. It would hurt your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a fourth bowl. Yep. Sat on there. Um, and it smells amazing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so, this is just tiny little chunks of uh, sweet orange peel. Um, th mm. This is... Uh, I've not had to make a tincture. I've not had to make my own bits of this. This is... Uh, Basically, from homebrew suppliers, uh, you could just buy bags of it. Yeah. As a sweet orange. Um. So I've used bitter orange peel before. Because mm -hmm. uh, I used it in the honey and orange wheat beer that we did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've definitely used the, the bitter one. And it's different. Like, flavor-wise, yeah. you, you can... It's not just something that kind of comes out, 
you know once you use it in a brew like you can actually taste the difference like this is a much sweeter uh, which i think is going to work really well because you wouldn't want a bitter uh, orange taste to your beer no you wouldn't want a sort of fruity dry finish no you, you you'd want the yeah hmm. no Ooh. that's nice it kind of like i don't know if you had a if you had some marmalade yeah on a fork <laughs> and you let it go dry for a week yeah. And then ate it. It'd be like that. So, you know, once it starts to moisten up, you're getting that sweetness. You're getting that real heavy orangey hit. And mm. ha- having never used this before, how are you dealing with uh, percentages when you're putting it in? Well, right. uh, we luckily had a, a chat earlier today about yeah. that because uh, you've got experience with the dry orange. Um, also, I'm not looking for that edge case. Uh, or that that sort of perfect line yeah. where it's nicely balanced and you can taste it. I'm yeah. looking for like it's big. Yeah, you want orange. Yeah, big it's orange. in your face. Yeah, yeah. and okay. so I am being fairly free with the fairly loose I'm weave. Using. Is it? Yeah, I think. Um, well, I've already chucked in sixty grams into the mash. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's going to do. Uh, well, I mean, not being very scientific about it, but yeah, I like what well, I find if you if doing stuff like that in the mash is quite good especially if you're working with um oily um yeah. substances so uh with the coconut brown ale that we did last time um there was coconut into the mash there as well as well as the boil um i find that the oil from the coconut and from the orange will be soaked up in the mash into mm. the grain so you'll still get that you'll still get the flavor in the initial wort but you'll lose a lot of that oil which is quite good. Nice, nice. Um, so hopefully you'll get that. And, you know, you'll have it mashing in there. Can you imagine steeping that in water for half an hour and seeing how it tasted? <laughs> well, I'm going to have some left, so uh, well, yeah, I mean, have just so, pulled yeah. the kettle. So we may, as well, we, may, we may as well make a cup of tea with that yeah. and just and just have orangey water. Yeah. Oh, with the acid and, malt. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe just the orangey water. But yeah, like that flavour should, should really come through. And then um, I think you're waiting for what? 10 minutes on the boil yeah 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 um, so again not destroying 100 percent of the flavor in the boil yeah um but I, I'll, I'll probably put some in at flame out just just yeah. uh just to be thorough. and then and then worse comes to worse you can dry orange with it yeah like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like if fermentation is complete you taste it and you're like nah that's not orangey enough mm. like you can always just yeah, bang some in, and and it, I think this is going to be one that's going to be really curious to see how it develops from uh, your your sort of hoppier orangey beer to like super dry, almost no hop character. Yeah, that's big it. I was, orange. I was wondering whether or not you were going to use like kind of orangey hops. No, I I've I've gone with uh, Vic, Se- Vic yeah, Secret. Yeah, for the yeah, stone yeah, fruit. Yeah, partly because I had some knocking around. Okay. And uh, partly because it's a great hop, I I, I enjoy it um, in most of the beers I try with yeah. it. Uh, it's a little unusual, but it's it's I, I still enjoy it. So it's going in. Why not? Eh? Um, as for the yeast, ah uh, yeah. yeah. So are you using a champagne yeast? Uh, I've had a bit of trouble getting hold of just isolated champagne. Did yeast you contact strains. the champagne region in France? Did, uh, did I gave him a ring and just said, "Look, I didn't. I need some for this." Yeah, show I'm doing. You, can you send a... Uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard of me. 
uh, on mic. I do uh, by the mash tun. I'm, I'm a pretty pr- pretty pretty big thing around the yeah. area. Um, kind of a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a pretty big deal. Uh, I think you should send me some of this wonderful champagne yeast. Did you try that at all? No. Oh, okay. No, I just had Next a look time, online. Yeah. You just went online. Yeah. Shouted at and the computer screen. Because I've, I've heard of other breweries finishing with champagne yeast as well. Right. Okay. So, so rather than doing like, you know, the bulky fermentation with it, yeah. you're going to do. Um, so, part look, of it. It, well, basically, uh, at the just before bottling, really. Right. Okay. Um, whack in the champagne yeast and some priming sugar. Right. And. Uh, Again, Mike, like it, it, that depends on what the gravity's got to. So if the gravity is at 1002, yeah. I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable than if it's on like 1012. Are you not slightly concerned um, about yeast deposits in the bottle? Um, it's it's going to be a, a pour carefully type thing. Yeah, just because I, I know, obviously just through kind of main fermentation, if you put in a packet of yeast... Yeah, because there's a lot of food there. Obviously, you get a lot of growth. Um, but if you're putting in, because normally what you would do is you would crash cool it, run it off the yeast cake, so the vast majority of the yeast is at the bottom, and you're just playing with what's left in suspension, yeah. which isn't really a lot. Oh, and then, so, then that yeah. small amount in with a small amount of priming sugar still creates a small amount of yeast at the bottom of the yeah, bottle. Yeah. Are you not concerned that with slightly more priming sugar? And essentially entirely fresh yeast and a lot of it. it you're not yeah, concerned it, you're going to end up with a thick, it might thick cake that. at the bottom uh, of every bottle. Considering that, I might change what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. This is all very far away and uh, very... Yeah, see, what, what, I think what I would be tempted to do um, would be to do your kind of main fermentation mm. and then as it's starting to slow whacking your champagne yeast yeah because you're still going to end up with champagne yeast in suspension when you bottle as well as what other whatever other yeast you use and then at least you're going with small quantities of a mixed yeast Mm. uh, in the bottle with your priming sugar rather than what could potentially end up being an entire packet split between Uh, 40 bottles yeah yeah which could be a lot i think i think you're right uh it's a good point. Hmm. So pay attention to that type of thing, everyone. <laughs> uh, but then there, there is also the advantage of these bottles being the high pressure ones means that they've got a sort blooper. of uh, a what? A blooper. A blooper at the bottom. Yeah, you know, like like if you get a red wine bottle. Yeah. They've got that that little like, blooper. Yeah, the, the little bit that yeah, it's a blooper, and that's really good for catching. Catching, um, yeah, yeah, excessive amounts of uh, stuff. Stuff. So. I was prepared for there being quite a bit. Um, yep. It's only when you've said it now that I'm, I'm a bit more worried about how much <laughs> it would have eventually much, been. Yeah. Uh, and it depends how much I pitch. And, and, and well, well, that's like it. I mean, um, I'm not expecting you'd get, if, if you did it that way, that you'd get half a bottle of <laughs> like yeast cake. Uh, yeah, pour carefully, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I don't know. Like, that's just something I think I would be cautious of. Um, yeah. But it's largely because haven't done it the other way around so Mm. you know it might actually be perfectly fine there's probably um somebody out there who's listening to this that has actually done that and if you have and you've got experience with it send us a message (laughs) ideally within the next week and a half yes so that mike can look at it and go oh well, there's, there's some good information. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah we got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, 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 drop us a line and let us know. 
Yeah. Uh, lol help. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was just some wind. Don't worry about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Outside wind, not not tummy wind. Right. It sounded like the wind was trying to kick your door in, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where were we? Yes. Um, so uh, bottling that should be fine. Yep. Leaving it should be fine. Yep. Hooray. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully a delicious beer. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, you know, we should probably start drinking some delicious beer, but I think we might have a bit of news. Yes. Beer ye, beer ye. It's time for the beer news. It's not really Christmas have related. Got, have you got us some beer news? Yeah, it's just a little bit of beer news. Is it that you saw Santa? Uh, no. Because that's not beer news. No. That's just, I mean, world-breaking you, news. He was drinking a beer. Was he? What, yeah. what What was Santa drinking? And was it actual Santa or was it like shopping Santa Santa? Uh, he was drinking PBR. Shopping Santa Santa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, the actual beer news, the real beer news, uh, it came out uh, before uh, the last episode, but we forgot to... Well, we, we had the other beer news that we talked about instead. This one is the fact that Buxton... Uh, the the brewery of high renown mm. uh, have been sent a cease and desist order for their yellow belly beer that is a collaboration with Omnipolo. Right. Okay. So th- yeah. this is the um, the imperial stout that is has very iconic uh, branding. Essentially, oh, yes. but like like the bottle is wrapped in white paper that has two little eye holes and it just says yellow belly on it. Yes. Um, and it's there. It, it, well, I think one of the main messages on the side of the bottle is about kind of, you know, what a yellow belly means to them. So, you know, this is kind of like an anti-racism beer and you yeah. know, kind of just trying to harp on about that, which is, you know, really good. I've got a few bottles of it in the oh, house. It's lovely. I should have brought yeah. one along, actually. I didn't realise <laughs> we were doing this as the beer news. I could have uh, brought damn. one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been around since uh, 2014, I think. It yeah. was uh, originally done as one of the Rainbow Projects organized by Sirencraft. And uh, very iconic, very delicious. Uh, but the name Yellowbelly has become an issue for Bateman's Brewery. Okay. That have a uh, pale ale. Right. I believe uh, just called Yellowbelly. Okay. Which they have a trademark for. Yep. But they also got a trademark for Yellow Belly and right. have sent the a cease, cease and, desist. and desist based on that. Right. Yeah. I got I got I got a few I got a few issues here. Yeah. One, their beer is called Yellow Belly, not Yellow Belly. Yeah. So I mean you can't you can you I mean you can get those confused, but as soon as you see them obviously you're not going to get them confused. As soon as you try them, you're never going to get them confused. Um, but how on earth you can get a trademark for something you're not even using? Like, just just so you can stop somebody else from getting something which might have closely the same name. Because have they then taken every spelling of yellow? Uh, it, it doesn't really go into the specifics on these and they, I mean, look at the branding. The, 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 it's the, so the branding different. is so different. You've got... Very iconic, just white with two eye holes. Yeah. Bottle. Uh, I don't think they... Did they do it on keg at all? Mm. Definitely not on cask. Yeah, it, it, it never came out on cask. It might have... Uh, I haven't seen it uh, kegged, but I think they did do some in uh, kegs. Yeah. It wouldn't um, surprise me if they're like one or two extra special ones. Yeah, but like like they, they, they do this beer run uh, once a year pretty much. 
and they put out a limited amount of bottles which are sold um, through various websites or through the brewery um, and in certain bottle shops. But you, I mean, when I've bought when I've bought them online, there's a limited quantity you're allowed to actually buy. Mm. You know, so it's only really people in the know, yeah, who are the yeah, ones yeah, yeah. actively looking for it. You're not going to find it on the shelves in Tesco's. Yeah, you're not going to find it on the shelves in any supermarket realistically, um, unless someone's put it there by accident. So, you know, it's not a common, it's not a common beer kicking about. Where's the, no. the where's the Batemans one? It looks it looks like a traditional. Beer. It's yeah. got a very traditional branding. Uh, yeah, yellowish beer. Uh, I think it's technically called Yellow Belly Gold as well. Yeah, I mean, like if I walked into a pub and I saw that on a hand pump, my immediate thought would not be, "Ah, oh, cool, an imperial stout." Yeah, it would. It would be, yeah, oh, like, a... like let's give this a try." It actually, it, you know, I wonder if it's a nice beer because I've never had it before. No, um, but I, I understand that you know companies have uh, an obligation to protect their trademarks. They yeah. actually have to do something about it's, it. It's or they lose the trademark entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, how you can trademarks a name you're not even using? They've yeah. trademarked Yellow Belly. That's fine. That's something they're actually producing. They're not producing anything called Yellow Belly. Yeah. So how have they, how have they, how have they been allowed to trademark that? I mean, I don't understand trademark law, but. No, uh, again, if you're a trademark lawyer, please get in touch yeah. and tell us. Uh, no, one of the consequences of this uh, has been what uh, Bucks and other people have started calling hate rating as right. well, uh, which has existed before. But yeah. uh, it's it's when you go on to uh, sites or like Rate Beer or, or, or apps like Untapped. Yeah. And without having drunk the beer, yellow, yeah, you down, yellow belly, you, you downrate the yeah, beer. Yeah, you, and so if thousands of people are all rating this beer terribly, unfairly, Be, yeah, because of because the, of the politics, the, yeah, because they yeah. really like Omnipolo and Buxton's yellow belly. Yeah, that, that that seems ridiculous to me. I mean, I'm happy to have a rant about how I don't like it, <laughs> but I'm not going to actively go and try and des- so, yeah. like, like and, and try and destroy and say, oh, it's like their beer is not very good because I've never had it. It, no. might be, it might be very nice, and I'm sure that they're doing it. That they're they're doing this lawsuit because they have well not lawsuit but they're doing this uh, cease and desist because they are legally obligated to, to do it they yeah, have to do it by law yeah right should we have a beer i think we should yeah parched right we'll go here then mike right well first up uh by siren craft we do visit them a lot yep uh we well, it's handy because you know they're just up the road yeah it's very convenient uh at six percent a cuvee brut ipa okay the cuvee being uh, aged, is it? Uh, no, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, this so this is a spun on oak, right? Brute IPA, uh, which was an option I was thinking of. Um, have doing that sort of champagne edge. Okay. Uh, so just aging it on oak chunks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sort of sanitizing them thoroughly. Um, yeah. But just for like a day or two post firm. Um, seeing what happens but that i i went against that because i i thought like if 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 i was just doing a brute pale yeah that would be delicious but the orange may not go very well with that oakiness yeah um, I, th- I think the the earthiness of the oak would bring down the the oranginess of the orange yeah so i went against it uh i'm still gonna do uh oak 
beer at some point. Yes, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, I've always been wanting to do a, a proper old ale. So oh. I, might, I might do one of them at okay. some point. Uh, maybe next autumn. But... Uh, so yeah, this this beer uh, they have mentioned that not only is there barley uh, or malt in there, there's also rice, oats, uh, and fructose. Okay. In the in the malt. So fruit bill. sugar then instead of, instead of using like a normal sugar or like a candy sugar, they've obviously just went for a fruit sugar to help kind of up the ABV. I mm. guess. Yeah, and at six percent, yeah, that's uh, they've done it. Yeah. <laughs> they've nailed that. Yeah. Hops, oak, and yeast. It smells real nice. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So we've had this uh, on keg in the pub, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yes. Uh, I didn't partake in very much. only no, had a, a, a wee sip. Um, it came on quite uh, soon after another beer of theirs called Hop Fizz, which was uh, a sim- just a sort of straightforward brute IPA. Yeah. With that without the oak age. Um, I've, I've went in for a sip. Yeah, what do you think? So good. It's so clean, so nice. Yeah, that does disappear. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like it, it it it's got a lingering taste, but it's not um it's not really full on. No. A little bit orangey actually yeah. as well. Um, I don't know if that's just because, you know, we've chewed on some <laughs> dried orange peel. Yeah, there's still some orange in my mouth. Yeah, possibly just hanging yeah. around in between your teeth somewhere. Um, but no, it's it's real nice. Like it's hazy. It's got um, reasonable reasonable head retention, but just round the edges. Like it's not, mm. you know, it's definitely holding it, and not super high carbonation though. No, well, they're just standard bottles uh, with standard caps, so I can understand only wanting to carbonate to a standard degree. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the, that. Yeah, earthiness is there. And yeah, it's not. Like it's, it's not subtle. heavy. It's not um, sort of big and sweet. No, it's, no, it is a very subtle oakiness to it. It's mm. not overpowering, but I don't think you would want overpowering in a pale beer. Uh, no, probably not. Like, like, well, <laughs> I, I, I personally wouldn't. If I if I was drinking a, like a an oak beer, then I wouldn't be going. Yeah, I'm gonna. Mm. I'm gonna be wanting that to be pale. I, I'd kind of expect it more to be a darker. Well, maybe there's an experiment in the future. For well, that. I mean, yeah, just yeah, go yeah, full on do, oak at some point. Yeah, just get ourselves an oak barrel and age a pale ale in it. Yeah, a See? lager. Oh, oak aged lager. See, now yeah. that I actually can go. Yeah, that might work. All right. Okay. But, oh, now I'm wishing I did that. Oh Damn well, <laughs> I, maybe I'll have to give it a try. Yeah. We, like we need somewhere to. Can we put an oak barrel mm. in your back garden? <laughs> You've yeah. got you've got that spider house at the back of your garden, haven't you? Yes, yeah, full of spiders, full of uh, spiders, and no oak barrels yet. Not yet. All right, got a plan then. One day, oak barrels, oak barrels. Right, I mean that was really nice, but it has given me a taste for another one. Oh, let's do so it. Should we do that? Let's do it. Let's do it. So what do we have now? Well, we've got a beer called Splash It All Over Brute IPA, mm-hmm. and it's from Abbeydale Brewery, and they've collabed with uh, Hand Bragriet. I hope uh. I pronounced that correctly. So Abbeydale are a Sheffield brewery, uh, and Hand are a brewery from Norway. So um, the back of the old back of the old tin here, brewed in collaboration. Uh, with Hand from Norway, who joined us to rustle up an aromatic, bone-dry interpretation of a classic IPA. This beer had a long, slow mash stand 
with additional enzymes in keeping with the brute style. We added rice to the grist to keep the beer light and crisp and fermented with Saccharomyces bruxtois, uh, which allows for a low final gravity, brewed with copious or brewed and copiously dry hopped with Equinot, Enigma and Eureka for a delicate bittering level and resinous character and a smooth mouth mouthfeel. And it is 6.5%. So creeping up. Yeah, it's getting up there a little bit. Yeah. Well, like looks uh, okay. nice and pale. Yeah, very similar to the cuvee. Uh, slightly more, slightly more head on the top there. Yeah, well, it's it's come from a, a five hundred mil can. Yeah, uh, so it's a bit easier to creep the pressure up. I think. Um, oh, what a smell! Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot more of that sort of hop dominance there. Yeah. Real deep, real yeah. sort of like, like uh, fruit, real stone fruit smell. Hmm. Real good. All right, I'm going in. Go on then, have a go. How's that? Oh, hmm. different. Different. Okay. There's, it's not as instantly dry as the uh, cuvee. Like the the cuvee disappeared in a split second. Uh, well, not there. Uh, there were lingering flavors, but the the body disappeared. Yeah. In a split second, this one takes a couple seconds. Yeah, no, I can see that. And it's it's much more forceful at the start, isn't it? Mm. And you, you're left with a sort of spicy, yeasty herbalness mm. uh, that sort of lingers on. Um, I'm not finding the aftertaste as pleasant as the cuvee, unfortunately. Uh, to my palate, anyway. It's definitely a lot more bitter. Yeah. Um, and that bitterness lingers at the back of the mouth i find yeah i i I like it it's refreshing it is definitely refreshing um but no like i i can see what you mean about the about the aftertaste i think the i think the thing is the bitterness lingers a bit too long yeah uh you know if 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 that lasted i don't know a minute less than it currently is um then you know you'd probably be more inclined to go in for another yeah but yeah. I, I think at that sort of percentage it, it does also discourage you from just guzzling it down because mm. the um the siren craft yeah very brute like that, that i could, I, I, I could have just smashed that down so quick um but i didn't in fact i've gone in for another <laughs> yeah. yeah uh i like it, it, it the, the it's got a big mouthfeel yeah, like yeah, like that, like that to me is big and juicy, and I think it actually sits, I don't know, a bit closer to a, like a a bitter New England pale. Yeah, yeah, like because of that big mouth feel. Um, if it had the sweetness there to back it up, I would say yeah, classic New England. Yeah, um, uh, but it like it is dry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. full, which is quite. Uh, like, I don't know. I think maybe that's a contradiction in terms, but. I'm liking it more as I go on. I think just as as an initial contrast to the to the cuvee brew, it it is very different. Yeah. But now now you've set in my mind that it may not be like traditional brew type IPA, and it's just yeah. Well, I mean, like a nice do, beer. It is like they do say that it has a resinous character, and that is I think that's very evident mm. um, in the aftertaste. That sort of. Um hop resin yeah, yeah sort of taste where it's got that real harsh bitterness yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously it's not a harsh bitterness but it's just there and it 
it sticks around. Just a bit more intense, be- presumably because so many of the sugars have been eaten away yeah. by the yeast. Oh, I, blum, blum, blum. I think that, like, there's some people and that would be right up their street. Yeah. Like, they would prefer that any day over the Siren Craft one. Yeah, um, your, your, your big hop heads and stuff, they're, yeah. they're going to love that. Yeah, like, that is real full-on hoppy. Like, yeah. I, I think they've churned out a very nice beer. Yeah. Um, you know. It's just not one I could drink a lot of, I don't think. No, no. And uh, first one of their beers I've ever had as well. So Yeah, well, I mean, it's a and collaboration. So, you know, if you do see this in the shops, get it. Get it. Because chances are you won't see it again. Yeah. Well, if it's a collaboration, they don't tend to keep churning them out, unlike Yellowbelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if they're extra special, like a, a yeah. stout at, yeah, what yeah. was it, 11%. Yeah, it's, it's super awesome. Yeah. Right, uh, third and final. Yes, yeah, I think we should. Yep. Right, what have we got here then, Mike? Well, last up, we've got by Pressure Drop at 7%, we've got Breaking Out of My Tomb. Okay. And they've just called it Brute IPA. Um, Yeah. It's our Brute IPA pairs back the beer to give the pure expression to the flavours of the hops, dry, fruity and crisp. Okay, so another full-on hop forward. Yeah, yeah, they, they've they gone with the tasting notes of melon, grippy, and dry. That's grippy with a G. Yeah. Um, I, how, I, is grippy a flavour? And is it a thing I want I, from I, I beer? Uh, but they have specified Citra, Equinot, and Mosaic. Okay. Uh, DDH at 20 grams per litre. Right. So it's quite a lot. Yes. 20 grams per litre is a lot. Yes, yeah, it is. Uh, and that's how you DDH. 20 grams a litre. Yeah. And oh. they do the thing that's very good for your super intensely hopped beers is a packaged on date. Ah, okay. So I can tell that this was done only about five weeks ago. All right. So it's, yeah. Super fresh. Real fresh still. Well. Um, I, I like I like the branding. I actually didn't mention the branding on um, the splash it all over, but that is some awesome branding. That's uh, uh, look at that can. There's there's a mermaid. There's a shark. There's an octopus. There's some sort of ray there, and it's all in some liquidy goo. It's, it's pink. all sort of pink. Yeah, pink and the, the mermaid has glasses on. Yeah, true. And that doesn't seem. Uh, they could be goggles. I guess probably swimming goggles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry. Doesn't I, seem like, super sensible for uh, a mermaid. Uh, no, like obviously, I don't mean to hark back to the last beer we just had, but I do like yeah. the can rather than the sort of minimalist but still very distinctive pressure drop. Yeah, uh, I mean, like that would be banging wallpaper. Yep. Looks like someone's gone pretty crazy uh, with a spirograph on yeah. some walls and uh, just done whatever. Yeah, it's good. It, like it, it would make good wallpaper or a good carpet. Yeah, I think. Will it make a good beer? Well, let's give it a try. It they, they, oh. they, it looks so similar to the others. Again, it's Golden Good Head. Um, yeah. The smell is big. Yeah? Yeah, and more... Uh, Quite yeah, blimey. That's definitely that sort of equinotty... Um, wow. Yeah. Developed round hoppiness. Oh, he's gone in for a taste. I have. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see melon. That's that's definitely there. You you got some other bits. You got like hints of orange and and stuff, but mm. the hops dominate. Oh, oh that else. is. I forgot it was a brute IPA just because there were so many 
Hops. Yeah, that is reet hop. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely got that melony taste. Um, and it's again, it's got that lingering bitterness, but not to the same level uh, that the Splash It All Over had. No. Uh, that had a much a much longer lasting bitterness. Um, and now concentrating on the length of time that the body has, it disappears quick. It does. It, it just, it lets, takes a, a step back as quickly as it can, mm. lets the hop step forward and do everything that they've got going on. Yeah, that's, that's tasty. Yeah. Wow. Seven percent. That's uh, dangerous. That's drinkable in mm. ten minutes, I reckon. Yeah. Like so I mean that was what a five hundred mil can. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that that you could you could chug down quite quite happily, I think. And I am. And you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, like are they, all three of them I think have been really good examples of um uh brute IPA. I think the one that strayed furthest for me was the splash it all over. That kind of yeah. that that kind of for me merged new england pale and yeah brute ipa a sort of brute um, new england ipa yeah so it, i like yeah. i mean hell is a new a new style that more people can start doing i like they're all they've all been very nice um, oh yeah i think the one i find the most drinkable uh is the cuvee brute though that i could just i could just guzzle that down yeah I think if if the purpose is was to see which one you could drink the fastest, yeah, uh, without thinking about it, Cuvée Brut, because everything that's going on is quite subtle, yeah. Whereas this, uh, the 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 pressure drop breaking out of my tomb is just big and intense, yeah, whilst being super drinkable, yeah. Uh, uh, the the splash it all over, like it's that's a thinking beer, yeah. Like you're going to be drinking that, and you're going to be taking your time over it because it's it's got a lot going on. There's mm-hmm. a lot of real complex flavors, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought they were all pretty good. Indeed. Uh, so before we go, yep, uh, I, I was just going to make a little correction uh, from a couple of episodes ago. Yep. Uh, if people remember our white stout episode, uh, we reviewed a beer by Butcher's Tears called Grainiac which we reviewed as a white stout, despite the bottle saying it was a pale stout. Yeah. The brewer got in contact with us as well, which is uh, lovely. Uh, Great to hear feedback, Uh, especially if it's us being wrong. Yeah, and it's it's nice to know that the brewers, for the ones that we are um, tasting, are listening as well, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the the feedback was basically to say that they were using an older definition of stout, okay, which wasn't always associated with dark beers. No, you, you could have uh, your, your sort of stout porters, but you could also have pale stout, yes, or, or stout pale. And so they were approaching it more from that sort of historical perspective. They weren't trying to do the sort of modern definition with coffee and chocolate and vanilla and stuff. And, okay, and, and it was more about just being. A sort of older style uh, pale ale. Yes, yeah. And uh, of, uh, in the episode, I, I believe we all mentioned that. Yes, that, yeah, that yeah. It, it succeeded well at doing that. Yeah. So, thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, uh, we're we're more than happy to do corrections. So yeah, if, like, if we're wrong, yeah, yeah. let if, us know. If if we do anything, there's many ways of getting in touch. Please yep. do. Please um, do. But just one more thing. 
What yeast do you use on mine? <laughs> oh, yes. I mentioned that I couldn't get hold of any champagne yeast. Uh, so quickly before the end, I'll mention that uh, a couple of people suggested quike yeast. Right, okay. Which uh, we mentioned briefly in uh, the previous episode because there was a coconut yes. and uh, blueberry stout made with quike yeast. Yeah. Go back and listen to that to, for a bit more information about it. But it ferments super clean, mm. real clean. And at low temperatures, just uh, almost like it's not there. Yeah. So that's what I'm going for. Uh, it should ferment out basically everything with uh, with the addition of the amyloglucosidase. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be able to pronounce it one day without looking at the... Uh, without uh, looking but, at the packet. Yeah. Until then, uh, yeah. thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry um, Christmas, everyone. And we will see you... Uh, well, the next episode. Yeah. Just before New Year, I think. Do, you, do, you, do we know what we're brewing? Nope. Nope. <laughs> new Year, new beer. New Year, new beer, new me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See All you right. then. See you then. Bye. Bye.